Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book I do the review, stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. Joining me today is Juliana. Hi everyone. And uh, today I'm not going to be re- reviewing a, a science fiction book as such. Yeah. But that, I, I that read was it. Just, that would have been just my big, big, big question. Yeah. Like you what were it, just saying, oh, every single science fiction book that I read as I read yeah. it, I think like, hmm, is this... It's is this not a science fiction science book. Fiction? But here's the thing. It is adjacent to science fiction enough that say the, the SFF audio podcast with Jesse and Marissa and those, they did a series on this book okay. and, uh, and other people uh, have done it as well. And when I finished this, this uh, listening to it, I put it on a Goodreads and said, here it is, I'm not sure if I'm going to do a podcast about it. And a few people replied, yes, you should. And other people like on Twitter and Instagram and stuff also mentioned, yes, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts about this book. Interesting. But here's the thing, I've not done a podcast for a while. And the reason is, is because I've been away. Yes. And I would normally, if I'm on a, on a long trip um, away, I would, that would be my time to listen to audiobooks and read audiobooks. Yes. Um, but here's the story. I set off and I arrived in, uh, in Australia, in Adelaide, and then I went off and met some people. And, and then I came back and then I woke up and I had a, a, a blocked ear. Oh, yes. And so then I had this whole rigmarole of, of going over and getting some un-ear blocking, earwax removal stuff and putting that in my ear and trying to get that out. And then I got an ear infection and it was completely blocked up and I couldn't hear anything. And it hurt. And it hurt and it was painful. And it's really, really difficult to, like travel around and do stuff and put in a in a in a in a, a thing in your ear an ear an earbud because then i could only hear anything in one ear normally if i'm just going around and going for a walk i'd only ever put in one earbud because you can hear with the other ear i can hear with my other happens. ear yeah. and now suddenly i'd put it in and i just couldn't hear anything at all because oh, it no. was blocked and then i couldn't put it in the one that was blocked because then i couldn't hear like anything at all and it was really painful because it was all swollen and stuff and so i did this entire work Work trip, and I'd already I've already cut down on a lot of podcasts that I've listened to just because I was like, oh, I'm just I always have this backlog of podcasts, and I just find myself listening to podcasts all the time, and so I decided to just you know unsubscribe from like half of the podcasts I listen to, yeah. and. Um, which has been great. And then I got my podcast down to nothing. But then also on this trip, I wasn't listening to audiobooks very well because the only time I could listen to audiobooks comfortably with it actually literally not being painful and not blocking me off from the entire world was when I went to bed uh, in the evenings. And then I could, I could, you know, just put that phone... Oh, wait, because you, yeah. could, you didn't need to worry about what happened around you. Yeah, I didn't need to worry about making noise for other people and stuff like yeah. that. And then there was this whole thing of this travel stuff, and I, you know, I was sailing on a boat across the sea, and, and I uh, and I got into this uh, into one place, and then I and I went over here, and people looked after me there, and then I went across to New Zealand and stayed in a in a hotel for a while, and went on some hiking trips, some mountain biking trips, and then more hiking and mountain biking. I was just hiking and mountain biking all the time and in New Zealand. And more work was cancelled. And the reason was because of the other gigs that I was cancelled, and then I was like, all right, now I've got to get back home, and the big adventure was getting back home. It was. And getting back home was a big thing because if you're in New Zealand, which is literally as far away 
in the from world here, as you can get from Germany where I live. Yeah. It's the other time zone. It's like the opposite yeah, time zone. Yeah, it's 12 hours. It's exactly 12 hours off. And yeah. all the time I was just like, oh, I'm so sad here. I'm the saddest man in the world because I'm as far away from my uh, my girlfriend as possible. And I just need to get back home to her and I don't know when it's going to be. It was literally like I didn't know how long I was going to be away with all the coronavirus and my gigs were cancelled and I was just going on these adventures in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. And all I wanted to do was get home and then I was trying to get these flights booked with my agents and it was this whole big thing, this whole big issue. And then um, we managed to do it. So I, I was threading the needle of travel restrictions. So flights, my flight, original flights were cancelled because Air New Zealand wasn't doing their flights anymore. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, but I couldn't fly via Australia because they'd closed off their airspace even to transit passengers. But then they opened it up for two days, so then I could fly back via, with Qantas via yes. Sydney. But then we had to fly via Singapore, and Singapore were closing their borders even for transit. So I managed to get airport. on the flights and the airports. They yeah. were closing down the airports and closing down all the airspace for uh, like all all international travel. Yeah. And so I we, I was literally on the last flight into and out of with a refueling stop in Singapore. Yeah. And then flew back home to Germany and then I was hanging out in Heathrow for a while. And it's really eerie to be in Heathrow Airport. Was normally in Terminal 5. It's just busy. it's busy. It's chock full. full. Yeah. yeah. And there's flights all the time. And, and at this point there was there was no flights and everyone was just hanging out and yeah, it was really eerie. There's nowhere to get any food. Yeah. The, the only what I did is I had to go along to WH Smith's and get WH Smith's meal deal, you know, the five pound meal deal, sandwiches, yeah. drink, and a, a packet of crisps of five pounds or something. So, so I did that for breakfast and for lunch as well <laughs> um but then i finally got home and there were some more adventures when we got, when i got home as well but i don't need to go into those adventures when i got home anyway it's been quite a it's been quite a journey what's the word for it like a big a big journey like a big epic adventure? journey like an epic journey to get home like i've been apart from my oh apart now from i see my what you're getting at what do you mean now <laughs> I'm not, I'm just, i've been doing an odyssey i've been do, i've been talking about the odyssey for the last five minutes i understand just, i heard it when you said oh i was sailing in a boat and i was yeah, like, like hmm, of course. this is not how you would describe what you were doing <laughs> anyway we're doing the odyssey I can't believe, like, this is, this is the crazy thing, like, it, it's one of those things that, like, the, the, like, all of that kind of thing, you just want to say, oh, it's been a, it's been an epic odyssey, or it's been an epic adventure, and all that kind of stuff, but to tell a story like that, of, like, an epic adventure, like, a homecoming adventure, yeah. like, I'm away on the other side of the world, separated yep. from my loved ones yeah. for so long, I'm the saddest man in the world, I said the that most was, unfortunate was that, man in the a, world. Uh, was that uh, taken from the book? Anyone who's who's read the uh, the Odyssey or knows the Odyssey yeah. will understand what I was doing there immediately. And of course, they've seen the the title of the episode and well, stuff like that. I know the title of the episode, yeah. and I I saw what you were doing, but I didn't. I you, thought it didn't click you with only, you. You only did parts of that, and then I was thinking, why is he saying he's the saddest man? And well, he's never thing. mentioned that when Odysseus we has been away, and he, he's, he's, he's always described in this book as like the mo world's most unfortunate man, and okay. the world's most sad, like the saddest man, and he's the man who's so down with him, everything's really bad for him. You know what? You know what he's doing whenever the world's so bad for him and he's so and he's so far away from home and he's really sad and stuff. No. You know what he's actually doing? 
He's having daily sexy fun time sessions with a literal goddess. So he's so sad. <laughs> he wants to get back to his wife, and this goddess is saying, "Look, we keep having sex every day. Stay with me. I'll grant you immortality if you just stay with me forever." And he's like, "No, I want to get back to my wife." And this is the saddest man in the world. And it's sort of like, wait a second. It's also talking about the slaves that are attending to him, like all the slaves, like the blind slaves, and all these other kind of people who are serving him what? and are being killed and stuff like that. They're not the saddest man in the world. Odysseus is the saddest, most unfortunate man in the world because he's daily having sex sessions with a goddess, and all he wants to do is return home to his beautiful wife. And he does, and he gets home to his beautiful wife, and they all live happily ever after. Yeah. Anyway. All this to say. So you had just an epic odyssey, and you felt what Odysseus felt. No, I mean, because the thing is, it, is it really bad that I literally had like ten uh, fantastic holiday days in New Zealand? No, I mean, it was, it was on amazing. a budget. It wasn't. It was yeah, great. But it was still like mountain biking, hiking mountains, and adventures in nature. Yeah, it was all great. I was actually looked, having a fantastic he has time. A tan. I'm home with a tan. He's really brown. Feeling fit I'm really, from hiking really mountains. Anyway. Working home office. Oh, I also did like. I mean, I I'm just working from home yeah, and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So not, nothing Odyssey like for me. There. Is anyone taking over and ransacking? Uh, uh, do you have suitors here taking over and trying to eat all your food here at home, like Penelope? Uh, maybe. I mean, maybe if the Corona crisis gets worse and then people yeah. try to steal all my food that I stockpile. But I didn't have to come home. In and my. I didn't have to come cupboards. home and kill lots of people. No, that not. Um, but we moved away from all the people. Probably in Berlin, this is going yeah. to happen soon. But, but um, not out here. No. Turns out Ithaca is a little bit further away from. Every yeah. oh, sorry, Vildau is a little bit further away from yeah. the center of things. But, but um, yeah. But I now learned how to put a, have a little bit of a, a uh, food. Oh, you got a little stash. I have, like, like we just moved in here, right? Yeah. And and over two weeks. Yeah. I literally filled up yeah, the house. four cabinets with food. Yeah. Plus the It's kind freezer. of annoying because I'm trying to put stuff away in the I kitchen know. and I've come and home and I was no like, everything's <laughs> changed in the kitchen. <laughs> I can't find it. There's no place for anything. I left and then half of these cupboards were empty because we just moved in and we put more cupboards in that There's we didn't so need. And now stuff. I was like, oh, I need more cupboards. So much stuff. Um, anyway, uh, the Odyssey. So, okay, let me say something first here. Oh, okay, what's up? Um, I have no knowledge. No knowledge of the Odyssey. No knowledge of the Odyssey. I mean, I guess I have. I know that it consists of different kind of little well, adventures stuck together. Well, it like kind it goes of from does. place to place, and then there's stuff with boats and wreckage and, and mythical yeah. creatures. Um, well, let me give my history of this. I've know. never read the Odyssey all the way through, but it is that kind of thing where you 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 read kind of like the summaries. You know, not a summary, but you know, like the long form summaries, which say this is what happens and this is what happened, this is what happened, and now oh, here's a scene and you and read there, like, read some bits sections. And pieces coming up, yeah, some bits and pieces in, coming in up in random context. Um, so I I kind of knew the story of it. You know, you've seen the adaptations. You know, like you know, the, the there's like a comic book version as well. You know, you see, uh, yeah. and also you know the the like the big like the big imageries, like the stories where you know you go, oh, there's the the thing with the Cyclops and there's Does other ones. Hercules a bit. has to do something. No, nope, no, nope, there's a different. That's the Iliad. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, it's the Iliad. yeah, we're only talking about the Odyssey. Ah, oh, that's the Iliad. Both, ah, both Homeric epics, but we don't need to talk about Heracles and all these other ones and Agamemnon and uh, well, I know these guys. Achilles I know like way more about these guys. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Odysseus is a guy. He he went off to, well, 
Here's the issue, is that every single time I've ever heard about this book... Oh, also I've, um, I'm very interested in... Let me just quickly skip back. I'm also interested in um, uh, uh, biblical... Uh, Bible uh, writing and development of New and Testament stuff like Bible that. critical Bible studies. Yeah, critical, critical analysis of the, of the New Testament. Um, mostly from the point of view of like how did... Not that I'm interested in the religion part, that's all way in my past, but also like how is it that the Bible is now as it is now? Okay. So you go through and do the literary analysis and critical historical analysis of what it is and say, okay, what was the first version of this? How did it change to this? How does it change to that? Right. You know, and I've written like half a book on this topic, mostly basing it around science fiction, in this case, Star Wars. But right. the idea being that a lot of the stuff that biblical, um, you know, uh, higher criticism, biblical criticism is doing with the Bible, examples of all of that can be found within the Star Wars canon. And right. not just with the Star Wars canon, but also with how it developed over time. Like, there's the first one, and then it developed, oh, we're going to add some things to the next, and then yeah. another movie, and then we're going to do a special edition, and then yeah. we're going to put other movies beforehand, and then there's going to be fan edits, yes. and there's going to be loads of this, and then there's going to be, oh, and then there's another author comes along. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but also, like, the other authors that come in and go, all right, here's actually what the story is about, and people go, no, that's not what the story is about, and there's massive amounts of speculation yeah. before, the, before the story is finally settled by the original author, which is George oh, okay. Lucas, yeah. Lucasfilm, and now Disney. They mm. control the canon. Mm. But before the canon is established, there's lots of speculation. There's a lot of, like, the expanded universe, you know, of, of, right. of Star Wars. And then they go, actually, canon, that's not canon anymore. Literally, they go, okay, with all of that doesn't count anymore. We're going to do new stuff here within our canon, you know, okay. in, with our stuff. So all of the stuff that happened with the Bible and the development of the New Testament has happened again with Star Wars. And if we just go, oh, if it happens with Star Wars, it could have also have happened with the, with the, with the Bible. No, it could it, have. It, it, it has happened. It did. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> anyway, that was the whole thing. So I'm very interested in this. And, and there's books like this by Dennis, I literally have it in my hand, Dennis R. MacDonald, the, uh, the, the Homeric Epics and the Gospel of Mark, which it's it's a whole book that just goes through loads and loads of different stuff. And I realise this is where I've I've read a lot of this stuff because it it goes through and talks about you know sort of like here's this one thing in um, here's this one thing in 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 the Bible. Is it in the Odyssey or in the yes. Iliad? Here it is, and then it goes, and this is the section, and it gives sort of like a little, you know, like a little you, section. I remember, hit. I remember you um, you talking to me about this actually. I yeah. think um, at the time when you read it, of course you were. Um, more involved in it and I remember you saying like oh and in the Bible it says this and look here in, in the Odyssey it literally says yeah well, here's, I literally just opened this up. It says the last last suppers before Hades yeah. like and in in Hades but also Hades. the last yeah. so um, Here's the thing, Odysseus goes to Hades and he goes down into hell yeah. and uh, releases someone's soul in hell. Yeah. Someone who falls off a roof. Yeah. And falls off a roof and, and, uh, and kills himself by falling off a roof. And then he goes there and he goes a trip to hell and releases her soul and comes back out again. What does Jesus do? He got, after the Last Supper, then he gets killed and then he goes down into hell and releases the souls. You know, it's 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 a similar kind of thing. It's, ah, right. it's just an idea that's in yeah. the, the both of them and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and so in Odysseus 10, 480 to 484, sort of, he goes and I... Uh, uh, and uh, I, I went up to the beautiful bed of Circe and besought her by the knees and the goddess heard my voice and I spoke and I addressed her with winged words. Circe, the gods can do anything. Fulfill me 
fulfill for me the promise uh, which you gave to send me home. And then in Mark, and going a little further, he threw himself on the ground and prayed that, if possible, the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Remove this cup from me. So, like, the gods can do anything. Father, for you all things are possible. Yeah. Now, it's not to say that, like, you know, Mark is just going, ah, oh, this is, I'm just copying this. But the point is, that is how people were educated in Greek. Every single person who was learned to write Greek learned it by copying the Odyssey, copying the Odyssey in yeah. the Iliad. Yeah. And then they would learn how to do creative writing by copying it. Yeah. And that means anyone who was literate at all, it was their, it was their the main schooling that they would do this. Yeah. So if you put in something to say, um, like he threw himself on the ground and said, "All thing for you, all things are possible." That's literally like saying in the in Star Wars, like one of the characters suddenly saying a line, sort of like going, uh, "I don't know line from Star Wars off the top of your head." Like, uh, oh, this is a den of, uh, what is it, uh, villainy and... Oh, I can't even do the quotes now because I'm actually thinking I, not... scum and villainy or whatever it is. The Or just by saying, I've got a bad feeling about this. If somebody now says in a similar context, yes. I've got a bad feeling about this. Yes. Like, you're watching you're watching the latest Star Wars movies or any movie to do anything with... Waiting for someone to say, I've got a bad feeling about this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and... So yeah, it, all of that stuff is there in the Bible because if you're literally educated in this thing, this is the this is the, the, your basis. This is of the basic literature. Yeah. You're gonna find it yeah. in this stuff. So uh, so I realized that as I was doing this, I'd be like, oh, this is this thing and this is this thing and this is a book that I read. But then this is just for Mark. And then I went off and did other stuff and I was like, ah, what's this stuff? And you're like, oh, so the Apostle Paul was shipwrecked on Malta and Odysseus was also shipwrecked on Malta. And when you visit Malta, you're like, hey, wait a second, there's these two stories, the two two most famous people who've been shipwrecked on Malta was the Apostle Paul and Odysseus. And you're like, this, this is, how is this, like, why is this not everyone just going, oh, right, the whole of the Bible, the reason why in Acts they're going around and sailing around the Mediterranean, going here and having these adventures and, and literally people falling off roofs and dying and then being brought back, you know, it's, it's, it's all commenting. Like, the, the, the New Testament is existing in a world where the Odyssey and the Iliad is so well known that any, re it's like Star Wars is now any reference. So like, it's pop culture. It is pop culture. It is pop culture. Now, here's the thing. I listened to this audiobook and th so this is the first you, time... You listened to a, an audio, a new release yeah, it's a version. New, it's a new translation. Uh, it's Emily Wilson who is the translator. She's translated the Odyssey. Um, and she's now doing the Iliad and I'm following her on tw uh, on Twitter. It's really interesting because okay. she puts out little bits and pieces that she's translating. Yeah. So people have said but for years... But did she also oh, you read it? What do you mean? No, Claire Danes. I want to get onto that later on, oh, but okay. I just want to get into sort of like, because I'm still on my initial thing, sort of like this, my history of this is, is being into it for, for the, uh, for this. For so the... this is stuff that I knew going into it. Yes. Like how you big it was. bits and pieces. Well, the thing is, I, I knew the overall stories and I've read sections of it, but I've never experienced it all the way through. Yeah. And I think experiencing it from the start, and here's what happened. The audiobook starts and it's sort of like, blah, 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 you know, it, by Homer, translated by Emily Wilson, read by Claire Danes, let's go to it. And then it says, um, introduction. And it starts the, the introduction yeah. about it. And I don't remember who read who wrote the introduction, but I'm, I'm guessing it was Emily Wilson who'd, or someone, they'd got someone to do it. And then I looked and I was like, hmm, there's only, there's three and a half hours of the audiobook remaining. That's weird. I thought the Odyssey is like epic poem. I was expecting yeah. it to be a lot longer yeah. than that. And then I was like, oh, there's three and a half hours left in this chapter. Oh. And then I was like, oh, 
the, this chapter is just the introduction. There's a three and a half hour uh, like introduction, introduction to, uh, to listen to, before you listen actually yeah. to the book. So I skipped that, and then it was sort of like um, translators, uh, translators' note or translators' introduction, sort oh. of like forward by the translator. Okay. And then I started listening to that, and it was like, oh, that's forty-five minutes of that. So I skipped that. So then I just went into it because I didn't want the whole introduction. Okay. Because here's the thing: going into it with no introduction and trying to listen to this in a way which is, I was, I was trying to go into it with open ears, with open eyes with an open spirit just to experience it because I've never listened to it before and this right. is an epic poem which was written it was composed to be spoken aloud yes. to be told over a series of however many books like one book per night and it's sort of a, like oh let's next do the next book and there's like 20 books so over the course of yes. however long it is and this was your it, nightly entertainment in a court for a long time yes you know. and it was also meant for the one person around that could read and and uh, and what? and then pronounce it, and it was an ent like it was it wasn't it wasn't just read it was acted. Well, no, what I'm saying no, is that like it was a whole it, like thing with music and stuff. It could have been, but the point is that it was sort of one person's job to have remembered this yes. and then do and, it. But yeah, maybe they were playing a drum or a lute or something yeah, like but that. It was Somebody well, talking to other people. It was one, but it was somebody performing it. Yes. And this is the first time I've listened to it as an audiobook okay. and haven't just been reading it. And I was like, I'm going to go into this as though somebody is just telling me a fun story. I'm not going to bring, I'm going to try and bring as few um, preconceptions mm -hmm. and everything going into it as possible. And my conclusion is so weird, like my experience of listening to it is so different from what I expected that I went online and tried to find anybody else who has experienced this or was thinking about this in the same way and I haven't found anything. Like literally I googled around and because I realized that that the Odyssey is just a broad comedy. I said it's not just a broad comedy but it's a broad comedy. It's like, like Shakespeare. No, it's not like Shakespeare. It's like a carry-on movie. It's like it's like a stupid farce. It's a stupid comedy. It's a dumb, stupid comedy, which is uh, amazing. I, I, don't, I don't want to say dumb, but it's just comedy. That is what it is. It, it's epic poetry. What say? So what is it? Oh, it's epic, and it tells about this, and there's big themes. It's broad, stupid entertainment is what it is. And the well, best broad, I stupid entertainment. You're sitting there with a frown on your face. It's stupid. The whole thing is obviously I just a comedy. I just don't understand the words you're saying. I mean, I don't. I mean, I okay. understand the words, All right, but here's, I don't. Here's I don't I really get it. If you have a situation where there's mistaken identity and someone turns up and they're this person and oh everyone thinks it's this person and they're passing themselves off as another person and then they're accidentally sleeping with the wrong person, it's like this upstairs downstairs yeah, comedian delate. This is like mythology and, and storytelling in operas. <laughs> yes, exactly. But what I'm saying is if you're saying, oh, it's like myth and like operas, what I'm saying is at the heart of it, it is just a comedy. It's like, like okay, when you're talking about Shakespeare, it's like Midsummer's Night Dream where you yeah, go, I mean. oh, suddenly this someone I mean. ended up fucking a donkey. Yes, you it's, know. It's, it's like, um, I'm, I'm saying Shakespeare because yeah. I know Shakespeare has the most, like, yeah. Direct, like, oh yeah, and it's like you, you like the, the some booming, of this, but I'm yeah. like, I have my, my post in my hand or my rod in yes. my whatever. And Again, <laughs> it, I'm not quite sure how much innuendo is in this because so many of the references, and here's the thing there's obviously so many references in this get. that we don't get. And I think there is when 
Every single time I've heard anyone talk about the Odyssey, it's always been in the context of it being an epic poem. And you're like, well, what is an epic poem? And even in the introduction, it says epic is sort of like epos or whatever it is. It's to be spoken. It means yes. like, tell me about this man. Yeah. And it's sort of like, it's a told story. Yes. And the reason you tell stories is because they're fun. They're fun stories. And I've never experienced, or I never even heard of anyone experiencing the... Uh, the Odyssey as though it's just like re the broadest of broad comedy entertainment. And that's what it is. It's stupid stories about stupid stuff happening. Yeah, I get, it is I get what, what it you is. mean. And I mean, the thing is, with these kind of, with these like Homer, Homer and all these kind of yeah. um, big uh, gr Greek, yeah. oh, it's high culture and all this kind of, it's like, high I know, I know, but it's treated really seriously. I know, and I can't and believe anyone can read this or listen to this and think it's serious. There's nothing serious about this book. And it, it's a, it boggles my mind that I'm 39 years old. I've been interested in this. I've studied this stuff and I've never experienced it in my head so clearly as a comedy. It is a comedy. Like, it's about stupid adventures. Like yeah. he, And then he gets back to say somebody is the saddest man in the world, the most unfortunate man in the world. And who is surrounded by slaves. Who's just, he, <laughs> slaves are doting on him all the time. It's, it's irony, so high irony. I'm like, why has nobody ever told me that this is a work of irony, like, like ironic genius? Yeah, it's like, super just imagine, high satire. Just imagine, just imagine this, like people sit together yeah. And somebody is saying this. Yeah. Like, I'm everyone sure people will laugh out loud. Yeah, they're all rolling their eyes. Every, every, there yeah. is, it's impossible to do this. And then the, the, all the famous stuff that he does, right, where he goes to, where he's, they sail past the, uh, you know, the sirens and they meet yeah. the, uh, and he meet, you know, goes and, and gets surrounded by the, uh, you know, the um, cyclops and stuff. Yeah. All of that, which you think of when you think the Odyssey, you're thinking of this adventure, this really yeah. crazy adventure where he meets the gods and goes to Hades and all that kind of stuff. That's all told, not, in the, like not by the narrator, it's being told by Odysseus is telling that story about himself. Oh right. And so within a stupid tale, within like the 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 Odyssey uh, overall as a stupid story, a comedy story mm. of all this fun stuff. This is sort of like a diversion where you go over and you're like, oh, and now this is one of the the stupid character, like the character mm. in this story. Yeah this trickster character. He's like a Loki character. He's cleverer than everybody and he plays tricks on everybody yeah. and he changes changes his appearance and all the time. And he's the guy who built the Trojan horse and tricked the thing. It's, it's all about trickery. Yeah. And then the trickery person just tells this bullshit story about going over and sailing past the sirens and going through these bits of sailing the ship through there and, you know, and hanging onto the bottom of goats to escape the cyclops and all this just crazy stuff. And then at the end of the story, it's like, all right, great. And then the story carries on and then it goes back to the, you know, the comedy of manners, mistaken identity, okay. all that kind of stuff where he turns up and nobody knows where he is and how long is he going to keep his secret identity and oh, he's going to get one over on those people and these and he's going to fool those people and stuff. And then at the end of the story, everyone lives happily ever after. So it's obviously a comedy, like like in the... In the, yeah. in the it's not a tragedy. In, in, yeah, it's not a tragedy. It's not a war story. It's a fun thing where he plays tricks on people. 
And of course, everyone, he kills all the suitors at the end. And then there's this great, this is fantastic. And then he gets back together with his wife and you're like, and everyone lives happily ever after. You get away with it. And then it's literally like the end of these 1960s comedy movies, like the Italian job, where you think it's all going to be good. And then there's this cliffhanger ending where you go, oh shit, this isn't the end of the story. There's this whole other adventure that's going to happen. And that's what happens at the end. There's this, there's this literal comedy cliffhanger ending okay. where he kills all the suitors and stuff like that. And then the other people are going, are we going to let this go? And then him and his son and his group go around and go, oh, maybe we now have to fight the entire village and the entire island, the entire city. And then it's just a cliffhanger ending and it just stops there. And I'm just like, holy shit. It, it brings to mind the exact ending of the movie, The Italian Job, where you think they get away. They've, they've, they've done the trickery. They've played the tricks. They've done the adventures. Like everything that's happening in the, in the Odyssey, all these adventures that you go on, yeah. all the characters that they do and, you know, playing adventures and swapping identities and get, pulling one over on the authority and getting home and they get away and then they end up and they're literally a cliffhanger they're hanging on the edge of a cliff and they're like and and the gold is about to fall into the chasm and they're just he's just like hang on i've got a plan and then the movie just cuts and you don't see what oh, the plan no. is you don't know how it ends and i'm like the odyssey is doing the same thing yeah like to, to do this whole epic story and to end halfway through is a great uh, comedy, well, not even just a comedy, but a great dramatic move, which is, it's played out so much in movies where you get to the end and you're like, ah, and that's the end. And then the camera zoomed out and, and you realise it's not the end. There's this whole other thing, army there yeah. waiting to go. Yeah. And it doesn't only have to be comedy, but it's a great moment at the end of every movie. Like, I, I'm just thinking off the top of my head different different movies that yes. you can do this with. Yeah, but I, I know exactly um, what you mean. Yeah. But one question about Odyssey himself. Odysseus. Odysseus. Yeah. No, 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 it's okay. I'm just saying... Okay. Odyssey, Odyssey himself. Odyssey, Odysseus yeah. goes on an Odyssey. Odyssey yeah. yeah. Um, what what kind of uh, status is he? Is he a noble person? He's a king. Yeah. Yeah. And so you definitely see there. Yeah. This is entertainment, and and uh, for the lower classes, they can make fun of of they um have like yeah. they are having a, a fun. They can make jokes about. Yeah, it is that. a noble person. Yeah, it's so definitely one of those things. It's de it's yeah, it's satire about yeah, like but it's up, it's not down. Well, it can yes, it's up and down, but like there's there's lots of slave characters and all that kind of stuff. But yes, but for it, in these times, yeah, having slaves, it was just the way of the world. Wasn't but no, even there is a lot about this which is which is very you know it's very clearly about uh, like it, it's a story about manners and looking mm. after people. And if you have a visitor and a stranger in your home, mm. look after them well because you don't know if they're going to be who, 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 who it could yeah. be or not. Yeah. They could be somebody who's the, the ugly, someone old, in disguise. Woman and you, you can see be, all this can be like the the goddess that yeah. it can treat a, you well at the end. Yeah, in a in a time when there was like pre-economies, pre-money, pre-travel infrastructure, pre-hotels, the only way that you could be looked after if you're traveling and you're in need was that you would look after someone in need. And a lot of the stuff in the in the in the Old Testament of the Bible is very similar to this. Like yeah, angels like, angels would disguise themselves as yeah, humans then that, turn but up. literally well, uh, uh, Joseph and Maria yeah. not finding anywhere not to go and then yeah. sleeping in, yeah, in, exactly. the, in that, the shed. That same kind of that same kind of thing. Oh yeah, also another big link to the New Testament. And this was again I, I kind of know this from just reading it reading about it. Like what 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 was uh, Jesus' job in the Bible? Like if you know Jesus, what was his job? Or what was his father's job? Let me put it that way. 
because we can carpenter. do carpenter. Carpenter, because you know, in the same way that you can see, say, the, 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 you can identify with like and in you all know these different how ways. I know that what, mostly from what's that from Indiana Jones. <laughs> really? Oh yes, exactly. <laughs> and again, there's probably loads of stuff in Indiana Jones which would because would play I definitely into this. I I wasn't brought up Christian. I mean, I I was uh, educated yeah. uh, in religion. Okay, but here's but... the thing: how much carpentry does Jesus do in the Bible? Nothing, like none at all. Odysseus is the carpenter. Like there's like three different, three or four different scenes in the Odyssey where it describes how good he is at making stuff out of wood. He makes a raft at one point and it talks about him putting the beams together. It's a whole thing where he tells, retells the story of making the, the Trojan horse and that was his idea because he was the trickster and he like built, you know, built it and directed building it. Yeah. And then there's a whole scene at the end where he builds a bed and he knows that nobody would ever be able to move the bed because there's actually this vine sticking or this olive tree in the room and he builds the bed into it. Like this whole thing. And you realize, Oh, the reason why you would just say, hey, this guy, Jesus, son of a carpenter, you're like, ah, you're just playing on the Telemachus, um, sure. Odysseus kind of uh, idea there, just yeah. by saying somebody like that. And, and, and he could, he, there could have literally been any job attached to that. Jesus could have had any job. Why is or, Jesus, or his father. like the only reason it makes any sense at all why Jesus or his father is ever described as a carpenter is because describing them as a carpenter is to say, this is my main character, or yeah. this is my main character and here's the son of my main character. Yeah. The Odysseus Telemachus kind of thing, to say son of a carpenter. You're talking about, you, it, you, um, it, you're oh, setting up um, images and, and in things heads, in people's heads. In people's heads. Yeah. And I realized as I was reading through, I was like, oh, this is where a lot of, you know, also modern culture comes out, you know, you see all of this stuff there as well. Yeah. But here's the thing, and I was like, all right, okay, so this is for me a broad, stupid comedy, and I don't want to say stupid comedy about that it's not cleverly written. It's obviously very cleverly written and it works very well as comedy. What I'm saying about stupid is that you have to acknowledge that you, people are in stupid situations. Like as soon as you have people changing shape and taking on different personalities and passing themselves off and then sleeping with the wrong people, you know, all of that kind of stuff, it's literally like a carry-on movie. Although you're not British, you don't know carry-on. No. This might as well be called carry-on across the Aegean. Like, that's what it is, like Carry okay. On Up the Nile and uh, and all these other carry-on movies, which is... the carry-on movie? Ca a carry-on movie is that it's a long-running movie series from the UK, which they would have like the same humans, like the same actors, yeah. playing like different periods of history. So they would be like Carry-On Emperor or whatever it is. And, and they would just have the same actors and they would just be like, now we're just going to do a stupid comedy. And it was all about, you know, <laughs> okay. women whose tops fall off and then chasing the women and just like stupid comedy stuff. Yeah. And that's what this book, this epic poem, feels like a so lot of the time. Maybe it's not stupid. Maybe it's just, um, it's just, um, how would you say it? It's a basic, uh, like, or like, it's, it's, it's um, comedy that goes to to the bottom of. Yeah, that's what I want to say. It's broad like, comedy, like, yeah. but, like, but it's broad comedy, which is like two thousand five hundred like years. Primal. Yeah, like, not not primal, but it it, it gets to the um, it, yeah. It, everybody understands it, and it knows it doesn't matter what what age they live in. Well, it, the thing is, it does matter what age you they live in because okay. it, we are now so divorced from the from the 
um, the the world situation from the zeitgeist from the yeah. um, from I don't know what the, what other German words I could use there <laughs> the Lebenssitz uh, uh, I don't know whatever it is the, what? the I don't know I'm just coming up with yeah. the, the, the zeitgeist is probably the right word we're so far removed from that that now when you read it it's really difficult to acknowledge like the comedy sensibilities of what it was yeah. literally 2,700 years ago ah. so it's been filtered through and then it becomes part of the establishment and it becomes oh, yes. part of the canon and now when we yeah. read it we're reading it as serious like what is an epic it's sort of like oh yes it's it's long it's important it's serious we've got to look at the themes and stuff and so like I was like, okay, let's just quickly have a look on the Wikipedia page and to see what people say, what people say, uh, uh, what people have said here mm. about the the Odyssey as mm. a comedy. So you go in here and you type in like here you go, C Command F, isn't it? And so I can search. Yeah. And let me type in, let me type in comedy, no results. Let me type in comic. Uh, uh, nothing except this one thing that says uh, the uh, Odyssey comics, a detailed retelling and exploration of Homer's Odyssey in comic strip format. Okay, mm. so that's not it. And so then I was thinking about humor, and there's 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 no humor. Uh, like, so it's. Uh, I think it mainly comes from that. Um, um, what is it? Is written in um, ancient Greek, right? Well, yeah, it's like, written in different kinds of Greek. That's yes, all. There's a big okay. mismatch of Greek. So, who are the people? even in like let's say a hundred years ago would study that it's a it's a it's an old language it doesn't exist anymore so yeah. it's it's scholars it's like uh, yeah it's like scholars and stuff and so, like that um i think that perception mainly comes from the type of people that um deal with this you know mm -hmm. and if you consider yourself uh, a distinguished Oh, I, I, I speak and read. No, I don't speak, but yeah. I read. I can, I can, I understand. I can translate Greek. I, I just spent 15 years translating exactly. this Greek. And you can't say, oh, and in the end, ah, shit, it, it I've then, just translated feels, a stupid comedy. It feels yeah. trivial, yeah. right? It would and be... so it's trivial humor. And uh, of course, you can't just say, oh, yeah, it's just a light entertainment for the, the ancient Greeks. Yeah. Because that would diminish your all your hard work, first learning this stuff and then... Yeah translating it and putting it into But here's context. the only thing that I found. The Journal of Hellenic Studies. So there's even journals about this kind of stuff. And oh, wouldn't yeah, it be, what I'm saying. Wouldn't it be crazy if you, if you did all of this? And I think that's what happens with the Bible. When you get down to it, you're just like, ah, we've, we've based 2,000 years of our history and all of this study and there's entire university departments going around this stuff. And you're like, guys, it's like you've got university departments in, in like Star Wars, which in fact there probably is already, yeah. but like the same. Like Brooklyn, but, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, or, yeah or whatever. Some, well, no, what I'm saying is right. that it feels important at the time, but in the end you're just like, oh, it was just popular culture. We, yeah. we have like, we've got like 15, no, 25, 30 people employed at this one university studying <laughs> this thing. And so it goes, uh, Penelope's stout hand and Odyssean humour. And Penelope's stout hand has troubled readers with its implications that, that in the 20 years Penelope has spent waiting, worrying and weaving have sapped her beauty. Attempts to redeem the verse have only been partially successful at best. And it, and it goes, uh, and, uh, and this is just like an abstract for, for uh, like something like this. For an article. For an art, well, for, for uh, not just an article, but like a, a paper that somebody's oh, yeah, paper. written yes. about this one line in this yeah. sort of like, what does the word stout hand mean? And he, this same thing, when I actually listened back to the translator's note and they were like, what does stout hand mean? All this kind of stuff. And it's like, it's just a joke. You know, and when you actually read it as a joke, it's sort of like, yeah, it's just stupid word. It's like silly wordplay. And when you actually look at it in that way, you just go, oh, we don't have to worry if this story 
is true, what it means and yeah. stuff like that. It, they're talking about in a culture where at the time, if you said these things, people would get the references and they yes. would understand that if you're talking about this thing and that thing and that thing, and oh, I went to talk to this person on this island, and the, like the translator's note when I was there's, yeah. uh, attached to this is like a PDF saying, oh, this person was probably from this island, or oh, it's referencing this person yeah. who might have been involved in this war. Yeah. But what I'm really wanting to do is like, okay, why is that included there, and why is it funny? Like, yes. what's wh what? Like, what did people know at that point? That what is don't? the fan service yes. that is yeah, going yeah. on there, yeah. which makes this, this reminds me a lot when I when I did my uh, my program on John Dowland songs. Yeah, I I dived into all the the yeah. reading and all the the there like literally two books about it. Yeah, and um and it kept coming up like you have these these uh these secret words right yeah. so it's like the moon yeah and it, to us oh okay the moon right it, it's the moon yeah, but he was probably talking about women's breasts no he oh. was talking about elizabeth the first oh okay all the time. Ah, yes of course yeah 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 all the time yeah of course. And, that and, makes and, uh, and that so, is actually something if i'd have thought about it a second yeah i could have yeah. got that but now when we hear that we don't get it but every single person yeah. who heard that song and they mentioned or the moon cynthia or cupid it was all the same person yeah. referenced yeah. And, and this is the same here yeah like they have these for us words yeah but for them the all these words were connected with yeah. a meaning that they immediately understood yeah and it's one of those things that as you're reading through like how many lines in this are just being like in the same way that the bible when like when the bible and when suddenly herod says you know let's let's uh let's make Judea great again or something like that. Like me what? saying Did that, you say that. No, he doesn't oh, say that. Okay. But my point is that me saying Herod said that yes. immediately puts a thought into my head. All you need to know is that I said Herod, like I said, Herod said, make Judea great again. And you now know everything that you need to know about my opinion of, of Herod. Herod. Yeah. Do you understand? Yes. Like me saying that cultural reference did so much heavy lifting that I didn't even have to continue on. I remember we watched this first, uh, this this uh, TV show Ozark on Netflix. Yeah. And in the first, in like the opening of the first episode, mm -hmm. like in the opening thing, they're like looking at this building, and he looks across and says, "Oh yeah, I've got an apartment. I'm living over there. This is in Chicago." He's like, "I'm now living." over there in Trump Tower and I think even at the time I paused the TV show and said that guy is going to die and the reason I knew he was going to die was because he is now bragging about living in Trump Tower and anybody who is now excited to in America in this kind of like liberal elite media world like the messaging of saying I'm now living in an apartment in Trump Tower <laughs> and I'm bragging to you about that you know that, again, that does so much heavy lifting. Yeah. Like, that's all you need to know about that. All I need to do, I could pause there and I could say, he dies before the end of this episode. Like, it's that obvious to me. Like, about Ozark using uh, the word Trump in one line. Yeah. Told me everything I needed to know about that character and what would happen to him in the future. And what is, and, and in the same way that the Bible, or in the New Testament especially, again, the, the, the Old Testament is like, the dating that is a bit weird, you know, of like how much Homeric influence is there as well, although it's all from the same world, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But, but the New Testament, like, this is this is in uh, this is written in Greek in depth. Like you know all these of these references. Have knowledge they have knowledge, and yeah. so any of these lines in the Bible where they just say, "Oh," and then Paul was shipwrecked on Malta or whatever, and everyone's like rolling the eyes and going, "All right, yeah, like, we yeah, see okay. what you're doing now here." We know what like but now we don't know. Yeah. But the Homeric 
Odysseys, oh, sorry, the Homeric epics, like especially um, the Odyssey, was doing that in the pop popular culture of the time. Yeah. And we, because we, we're disconnected there. So we're tracing everything back, but because this is now the root of it, but the root isn't any more high culture just because it's the first. It's we just don't have the cultural references. We don't have the connection to it. No, the connections got lost because, of course, also it was because it's the first. It it's the, it's oral, the earliest that we have. It was, it was yeah. oral things. But if this, if this is the earliest we have, the cultural references that it's making. So, but, but because we don't analyze it through in a point where it's just full of cultural references and fan service, like we don't, we don't understand that. Yeah. Like we don't because they're lost to us, and because it's the earliest, we think it's the most serious or the most important. Yeah. It's like when But it's just the first we have. It's like the same analogy if, if uh, in the future, whatever, uh, at some point, uh, either humans or some aliens come and visit, yeah. and then they go to, uh, um, uh, like, I don't know, to a, a dump yard mm -hmm. and find these things and say, oh, did, is this like a, a, a place of worship? Well, or, yeah, but because, yeah, it is a bit of that, you know, yeah. And, and because all... Every, we don't explain everything no. in our lives. There's certain things that we just in the, yeah, but in the same way, if we're talking about Star Wars, accepted. if you found if if the only if the only if the first movie that ever exists is Star Wars, and to be honest, that's kind of kind of kind of a, a, a quite an easy uh, it's a good bet to make that in a thousand years time, what is the like the earliest movie that anybody has any of a record of or has a full copy of? Yeah. It's Star Wars, and like, mm, there might have been movies before Star Wars, but Star Wars is the only movie that we have, <laughs> and we wouldn't realize that the first Star Wars was referencing like the Flash Gordon uh, uh, serials yeah. and stuff with the with and the scrolling everything, text everything else and before. Yeah, yeah, starting on Episode Four, yeah. you know, and then the other movies come out like, mm, what order was this? And was it was was it one director all the way through? Mm. Well, there's this there's this person like this. Uh, his name is his. Lucas Disney and what is Lucas Disney? Do Lucas ah oh, was Lucas Disney one person or was Lucas Disney like a like a you know and if you look yes. at it in that way we're just like oh we're just not getting it and in the end you're like oh it was a kids movie it was just a stupid kids movie yeah and but then there's so much weight that gets put onto yes, it because you are doing serious research yeah and you are doing um, especially now uh, reading and understanding in a language that doesn't exist anymore so mm. I I do understand the the graveness of it, but it doesn't make it less of just entertainment. And here's the thing, I, like I say, the most incredible reader reaction that I've had, reader reaction being like, uh, go through it and just try to experience as though you're uh, someone reading to it. Like, mm. don't bring in the, don't bring in all the analysis, don't bring in all other kind of stuff, just ana just analyze at this point of the story, what is it that the author is, what is it that I'm feeling yes. and is the author intending that all the way through? And because I, I think if you go into this having listened to a three and a half hour essay about how important it is and about the history and oh it's about you this and these are the themes and stuff you're listening to it and you're going oh what are the themes what are this what is it yeah. and i tried to put this out of my mind and it literally i was like typing to google is the is the odyssey by homer a comedy no results it's all just a comedy right google and I, like i was just searching over and over again and i just there's nothing in our popular culture now to tell people that this is not a serious thing. It's not something that needs to be taken really serious. If you just read it and say, this, I'm reading a comedy, but I'm just not going to get all the references, you can enjoy it as a f I did something very, very, very stupid. There's yes. a setting 
and when we finished the recording, I pressed stop. No, I didn't press stop. You didn't press stop. I pressed record again, and there's this setting in Logic Pro which does it, which is perfect. I di it did exactly what I wanted it to do, or what I told, what it, told to do, it to do. And I managed to delete the last half hour of the podcast. We'd already been, we'd been, we'd went about an hour and fifteen minutes or whatever it was on this podcast, and we had lots of really interesting stuff. We were, and and then I thought the whole thing had deleted, and I and I dropped down for about twenty minutes there. I was so low. I was like, this is one of the best Luke podcasts. Was devastated. I was devastated that we just lost this podcast. In the end, we've just lost the last half hour of the podcast. So it's that really hurts. You know, it yes, really hurts me. It was a me. really good, it was such a natural. It was a great ending yeah. to the podcast. Well. And we've just gone and messed it up. And all no, the things no, that. Not we. No, I, I totally lost it up. Thankfully, Time Machine had, like, every hour it backed something up. So it had backed up the continuous, whatever. It, it, it worked it out. It wasn't entirely stupid. I was stupid. Now I've changed the settings. So if I press the button, it won't automatically delete it and replace it with a new recording. Yes. That's good. But oh my goodness, and that now is we so need to bad. Remember what we still had to talk about. Well, we talked, we wrapped up really well. And just to just to wrap it up, we came up with two great uh, examples of coming into this as a as a comedy thing, uh, or, or as, as this being comedy. One that I came up with is that when you're thinking about um, this, you should think about it not as in some like serious. Maybe we even mentioned. It. I can't remember how far back we mentioned it. It's not like a Tarkovsky movie like Solaris where you go and it's an important thing and everyone sits down and listens to somebody doing oral this oral uh, storytelling. Yeah, but you're not looking at at. at, at the images of a painting for Well, I'm just saying minutes. in speech, it's not like it's an important yeah. speech and everyone sits down, and everyone shuts up in speech. It's much more, this was my idea, or my analogy, it's more the Rocky Horror Picture Show, where when it gets to the point of the story and everyone is like, and then, and everyone joins in yeah, with that point of the story. Yeah, people get dressed up. And get up and everyone's like talking along. along. They're chanting along and everyone's having fun and everyone when he gets to the point and saying and then the wine dark sea and everyone comes in with that line because that's the re recurring catchphrase and yeah. what was your idea when you said this oh, yeah, my all? idea was that um um yeah we have like uh, the robin hood movies where we have the the kevin costner movie which yeah. is the, like the series it takes everything yeah. very literal and we are doing and going adventure and it's, it's I mean, there's, there's lightness and there's comedy and there's highs and lows yeah, in it but it's still like it's, it's a serious movie yeah serious movie and then you have uh, Robin Hood Man in Tights. Yeah. Which is literally the same story, but it takes everything in a comical way. It makes fun of of of, of the kings and it yeah. makes fun of, of, of the people and everything. And everything. And I think this is the way that this can be looked at. Yeah. Like you you, you can definitely see it in a very like Yeah. Serious. And my expansion on that was that Robin Hood Men in Tights is full of popular culture references and yeah. references to stuff that was happening in 1992, like the Rodney King riots, which I didn't understand when I watched the movie for the first time. I, I, I have but no it's idea all there. about that. And the Homeric uh, epics, or at least the Odyssey, is full of these references that we now don't get. But if you enter it into it, sort of like this is a, a broad comedy, yeah. you can enjoy it as a broad comedy, even if you don't get all... I mean, this is the thing, when people watching like uh, Bugs Bunny cartoons, Bugs Bunny is always talking talking about weird uh, things like there's loads of like uh, references to literature and other stuff which yeah. the kids watching it now and it's the same thing with it with the simpsons when people say oh that's a reference from the simpsons it's like no the the, the simpsons, simpsons was referencing it, yeah. this which was then referencing the odyssey before it and the odyssey were, at that <laughs> point was referencing oh no we can't go to it because the odyssey is the first piece of literature that we have we don't understand all the comic and political and topical references yes. and pop 
culture references that the Odyssey was making, we think that everything that was mentioned is serious. So when it says, oh, and this person was met this person who had been on this island in this graveyard, we're like, yeah, and if we knew the stories that were being told about that island, we'd be able to work it out. You yes. know, I think it got cut off just as I was talking about the, the Trump references in Ozark and stuff like that. Yeah. That, like, comedies can have all this, these references in there that you but you can still enjoy the fun story and still enjoy the fun adventure even if you yeah. don't get the pop culture references but if you if you do get it it gets yeah. a different level a different of, level uh, different you understand context. what the joke is where when someone like mentions yeah what did i say oh no i already i think that was included in the recording where i was like herod says make judah great again i would make jerusalem great again don't want to repeat stuff that we recorded back there yeah so oh i'm so depressed that we lost the last half yeah, hour. i was... don't i don't remember it was really good. It was a really good end to really the podcast. We really wrapped it up really well here. Um, Did we already talk about the audiobook narration? No, it was about the translation. Yeah, and I talked about how the translate this this the the epic lost recording where the translation uh, Emily Wilson did an introduction to her translation and talking mm. about the servants. And right. uh, instead of calling them the servants and like maids and gardeners and farmers and stuff, she would just call them male slaves or female slaves or young slaves and stuff right. to really bring out the slaveness. And and it's much, it's so annoying. We talked about this and it was all natural. And now instead of just having this conversation, I'm trying to remember what I said in the previous really good conversation that we had about the translation. Yes. And Emily Wilson's done a great job with bringing a different perspective to this, which is not just an old white man uh, in writing in the 1960s or in the Victorian era and stuff yeah. with all the because the, the, all the sexism the, the that comes in. The scholars that had the knowledge to translate stuff like that. Well, this this re-recorded end of the podcast is certainly going to be a bit shorter because I've lost all my enthusiasm for enthusiasm yeah. for getting into it. I oh, know. Claire Danes. That's what I wanted to talk about. Claire yeah. Danes, not up to the job. Because I went, came into this thinking I want to listen to this as a really great uh, piece of entertainment. Yeah. Like as a piece of audio entertainment because I've only ever... A performance. A performance. And I was really excited to have my, like coming into this, I wanted it to be fresh. Like how do I respond to this as a listener who is being told a story into my ear? Mm. And I really wanted that. Unfortunately, Claire Danes isn't up to the task. She is not fit for... For purpose. She's great as a television actress, she's great as a movie actress, she's probably great on the stage, although I've never seen her in the theatre or anything like that. Yeah. But being a storyteller is an, a different job. It's a different skill set. It's a different skill yeah. set. So much so that she was just flat, like, and we talked about this in our epic, the, our <laughs> lost end of the episode, and I was talking about how this is all written, it's the same line numbers, the same number of lines as the Greek original, or the, the what we have, Yeah. which is this, I can't remember, uh, uh, whatever it is, these, like, these eight-beat lines, or whatever it is, these eight-syllable whatever lines. Yeah. But we, uh, this has all been done, and Emily Wilson's done a great job of doing all of this in iambic pentameter, which is... Um, 10 beat lines uh, and these couplets it's not rhyming couplets but these things where and she's kept all of the line numbers the numbers of lines the same so the right. pacing feels the same yeah like the between this line in the original and this line or these two parts of the story is however many lines of greek it's that same lines, lines of in english, english. Yeah. Uh, although it's not rhyming but it does it does flow really well the, yeah and claire danes sometimes 
and here's something I didn't say in the previous recording, sometimes you really feel like she's doing, she's performing in that way. Yeah. And you really understand that she's doing the thing, the thing, the thing, the thing. And she's talking as though she's done the thing in Kermit. She's talking, the deeds, the thing, the thing. And sometimes she does that. And sometimes it's she's just reading because the, the lines don't break off at the end of the lines. They flow from one to the next. Yeah. Sometimes you'll have punctuation in the middle of the lines, but it, it feels like it's the same thing. And sometimes she does that well, and other times it feels a bit forced. Yeah. But what she doesn't do is put any characterization to this. And I wanted it to be a storytelling thing. And this great storytellers will tell a bit and then they'll pause. And then they'll build up and they'll tell a big story and it'll become like this. And, and this works well with some audiobook narrations where they perform it in a way where you really get a lot out of it. They'll make pauses in between, they'll lift their voices and go down. Now that is sometimes gets in the way. A bad performance can get in the way or, or a, someone who's trying to perform but is, is actually a bit flat can get in the way of my enjoyment of a book. Yes. For some, in some you cases. Want the book to 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 bring it across i just... want i sometimes i just want to have the plainest experience of of the text on the page into my brain as possible yeah and sometimes a really flat reading will be okay with that yeah that will be totally fine yeah other times that gets in the way will wheaton in some of his in i, th I can't remember which book it was everything red coats or whatever he's doing this stuff and someone will say that, that person said. This person, this something, 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 that person said. I don't think so, this other person said. And I'm just like, oh, it's really difficult to understand who's saying what yeah. because he's reading it so plainly. Yeah. But sometimes I want it to be read so plainly, yeah. but that only works if the text allows it. Yes. That the text is written in a way that a plain just reading through of the text can work. Yeah. But this is storytelling. This is an epic story. I wanted to feel like somebody was sitting around a campfire telling me the story. I was sitting in a banqueting hall and somebody was like, hey, let's do book 15 of the Odyssey. Great, let's go. Yeah, Who yeah. go and do? Let's get the Rhapsody to, to do this, you yes. know? And we get the, the, the ready, it's all ready to go in that way, yeah. you know? Oh, I remember. And, I, re I compared it to uh, the Christmas Oratorio by Bach. Yes. And how, how this, this, this Odyssey was yeah. probably not meant to be told all in one go, yes. all in one epic reading. Yeah. It was meant to be in different sections, yes. like before dinner, after dinner, during dinner, or whatever. Yeah. It's like the Bach or a Christmas oratory, how it was not meant to be performed all in one, six cantatas after yeah. each other. It was meant to be performed six Sundays in a row, yes. because Christmas ends on the 6th of January, right? Yes. Or whatever it can do, yes. So, Depending on your culture yeah. and history of your um, country. So uh, yeah, so it, it is not meant to be like consumed. Yeah, and the point is that if you, if everybody has been brought up knowing the Odyssey all the time, they can just jump right in. You jump in wherever you want. It's like when a movie comes on. If you know the movie well enough, like I just watched the movie Seven, but I missed the first like 10, 15 minutes of it. Yeah. But because I've seen it two or three times before, I was like, oh, I know the start of the movie. I know yeah. how they introduce themselves. I kind of got to it and I could just pick it up and, and enjoy it. And this happens at everyone's time like, oh, when the Matrix comes on, it doesn't matter if there's only 30 minutes left. I'll just watch through to the end or the yeah. Star Wars comes on. It doesn't matter which which episode of the Star Wars. You can just which, jump right just in. Just jump in, start yeah. watching the start of the movie. But also you're like, oh, I started watching the music caught me up to it and I then just watched through like the last section of Empire Strikes Back, whatever, and enjoyed it. You know, yeah. you don't need to start at the beginning. And so 
I wanted to go into this feeling is that, of course, I didn't break it up and only listen to one book per section. I actually did kind of binge listen to the <laughs> Odyssey. But what yeah. I wanted was that storytelling thing. And I think this would have worked really well, but Claire Danes didn't put any inflection onto any of the storytelling. Yeah. Sometimes she did. She didn't put any, she didn't do any good voice acting for the different characters, which is good in some ways because that, you know, it can be overplayed sometimes and sometimes you do just want a straighter reading. Yeah. But also, just technically, she isn't good enough at speaking for 10 hours without stopping. Like, I could hear, over time, her voice wearing out and her voice was getting strained at some point. I'm like, I'm feeling uncomfortable for Claire Danes' vocal um, health issues now. <laughs> take a break, take a drink, come back in a bit. And it's weird to do this because she's not a good storyteller. She's not a good audiobook narrator, but Audible often goes, oh, this is a high-profile book. Let's bring in one of the audio audiobook narrating superstars. And it's really funny when I heard um, uh, some actual professional audiobook narrators and like, I am. That's me. I'm the I'm the audiobook narrator and superstar. I'm one of the best in the world and one of the most prolific. Yeah. And I get work and I, this is my job. Yeah. I am the superstar of, audiobook, of, of narrating. audiobook narration. Yeah. You get some really great performers, yeah. you know, like Peter Kenny, like um, other people. I don't know. I, I don't know these. these some, I mean, I could say some names off the top of my head, but I wouldn't be able to think of some good examples yeah. and stuff like that. And you're like, oh, yeah, Grover Gardner does this kind of thing. But, but so, it has paid off sometimes there's I think Ethan Hawke did um, Slaughterhouse-Five and did a really good job yeah, like okay. he does a really compassionate f feeling f like lots of feelings in there you can really tell like it's an emotional experience yeah. of listening to somebody do a really good narration yes, of that but not every actor is also not every, and Claire Danes good is not good yeah but as I've mentioned before on the podcast and actually just Previously in this same episode, I've got very good at compartmentalizing what I'm listening to and what I'm reading. It's the same thing as if you're reading a book, as an ebook, you have a you have one experience, and then if you've got a big chunky book and the pages don't do it, and you have to break the spine, and then the ink comes off in your fingers, it's a different reading experience, but you can abstract that reading experience apart from the text that is entering your eyes and going into your brain. Yeah, or in this case, through In ears. this case, through my ears. Yeah. And if it's a bad audiobook narration, I can still really enjoy the book. A, a really good narrator can elevate a bad book, but I can separate it out enough that a really bad narrator it, it takes someone who's really bad at it, like Will Wheaton with his John Scalzi books that yeah. he reads out, that can dis that can harm it, but that doesn't always happen. Yeah. That harming doesn't always happen. And in this case, I did manage to compartmentalize it. But what I really want to do is to have other people, I would love to have like a few other people give this a go with this translation. And one person, um, do like a, a, a narration which is very straight and they just do the I am a Shakespearean actor and I'm going to f make this full of import yeah, and I'm going and to really make this grand an, and I, it's going to be grand and I'm going to make it into this large scope large scale epic storytelling yeah. and it's going to be and I'm going to do the Shakespearean voice acting and then all this kind of stuff but I would also love someone to just do some funny voices and do this as a fun satire caper comedy farce um, whatever the yeah. idea, uh, you know, that in kind of stuff and the fun storytelling. Comedic way. Uh, but then I want to do, and, and in this previous episode, I was talking about Juliana was like, well, Juliana was like, oh, I'll give it a listen sometime. I'll listen to the audiobook. And I was like, no, what I'd actually like to do is me perform it for you. I'd actually, actually I, like. I'd like to do that kind of thing so I can, when I get to a part which I know is a joke, 
wink at Juliana and <laughs> do some fun voices and talk about it and kind of play it. I don't want to be like acting out with hand motions and stuff, yeah. but I get to the point in the book and just be like, ah, this is a, you know, this is obviously, you know, this is where... Odysseus starts bullshitting and I can and I can do the performance of Odysseus doing the performance in yeah. the book yeah. and then when he says some other stuff like it would be really good to hear someone tell the story of Odysseus and his gang you know escaping the cyclops with uh, you know by hanging onto the, the belly of the sheep and things yeah. like that that's a, that's a fun story and it could be performed in a way which plays up its like not its silliness, but its trickstiness. Yes, but but also you like it, this is I, I keep getting uh, Robin Hood in my head here. Yeah. But but when they when they have the like what is he saying? Well, Lend me your ears. Yes. Or, no. or it is what's he saying? Men in tights. Yeah. It, yeah. And yeah. then they, and then it's a, like he says something. Yeah. And if but that's then a visual joke. But it's a visual yeah. joke. But of course it, it's like. It's like uh, if you would play it out and act it out. Yeah. It it it's okay. It, it adds but in this way. But in, here's the thing. In this, we don't know all the things that this they're making jokes about in the Odyssey. Yes. But if we're gonna go back to Robin Hood Men in Tights, uh, and you say she says at one point, it says, "Now you have the key to my." heart yeah. and we all know the situation that she's wearing a chastity belt so when you say you've got the key to my heart she's actually saying you've got the key, key to, to my, my um, vagina vagina my my fanny area you yeah. know like that's what there's actually the key to but it takes that performance of now you've got the key to my heart yeah. that pause is really important yeah. and the rhapsodies that would perform this of course yeah. I, I just read that on the uh, um the what is it in in this uh, oh it's the audible, audible about page. the author audible and stuff like that these metrical musical dramatic thrilling fast moving multiple vocal poems were often performed orally by professional poetry actors rhapsodies uh, and were well known to everyone in the ancient world young old female male rich poor educated illiterate slave and free you know that's what we have there but when because yes. it's performance and they would wink and they would do a dramatic yeah. pause and and no. claire danes isn't a scholar she's not she doesn't come into it knowing the story well enough that she can do those dramatic pauses and stuff she's just reading the text yeah but if somebody is a scholar enough about this and do know what they want to get across and they do know that i'm gonna make this epic i'm gonna yeah. make this dramatic and, and somebody I'm gonna can make say i'm gonna funny. make this comic yeah. and i want and i'd love different performances that people can say all right let's take this as a as a as an interesting thing and i i don't think this was recorded but as i said i went through the wikipedia page and i was searching for the word comedy on the wikipedia page yeah. doesn't humor. exist humor there was one link extra reading to this kind of thing and it's yeah. not like people are writing these big topics again i can't remember if we mentioned this before but what i but on all of these things it's really incredible to me that nothing actually says what it is it says what it's considered yeah. it says what its influence is but it doesn't say what is the story like what is the genre and they're like it's it's epic poetry no it is an epic poem what is it that and, we are reading here? What is it that we are hearing here? What is it? Entertainment. It, was, it literally it says here, known to everyone in the ancient world, old, young, male, female, rich, poor, and all this kind of stuff. It was the broadest popular entertainment. Yeah. And this was satire, and it was, you know, fun parables within it as well. Adventures. There's fun adventures. There's yeah. fun comedy. It is broad comedy 
entertainment. Yeah. And I want, I, I wish someone, Claire Danes doesn't capture that. Of course she doesn't capture it because she was told this is an important piece of work. This is epic poetry and it's important, it's influential and it's, it's the root of all Western culture. Is yeah. this what you're doing? It's so important. important. It's so important, but it isn't important. No. I mean, it it's is important. It's a collection of stories. But it doesn't have to be performed as important. Mm. It doesn't have to be performed as serious. It doesn't have no. to be any of those things. No. You know At what it can time, be? At the time, it was just... It can just be a fun story. Yeah. It was entertainment. Yeah. Evening entertainment for the people gathering in the village. Yeah. So. So yeah, Rocky Horror Picture Show. People dressing up, shouting, sh chanting along. Yeah, chanting along, joining in. Yeah. Audience participation. It was like if you think what is the broadest entertainment. It of course these days it's you know what Marvel movies or whatever. Mamma Mia, we had. Yeah, oh yeah, Mamma Mia. Mia. You know what is the along. broad stuff? What is the broadest form of entertainment? And it is. Like, it's not that far off this. Kind well, of what stuff. I was just thinking now, it's it's that late night television. If you know what I mean, like you know, when you see like the. Uh, um, With the sketch sketches yeah, and. Sketch, well, not so much sketches, but like get in the get in the um, celebrity, do an interview with them, yeah. do a sketch, which is or like a, some kind of musical performance, you know, like your carpool karaoke, yeah, yeah, whatever those kind of things are, which can then go viral and be the, shared as YouTube the miming, clips. Miming, miming along a song, yeah, like lip syncing, lip syncing, whatever it is, it's that kind of participatory mass culture, popular entertainment. Yeah. And if that is what everybody acknowledges that what the Odyssey is, you can't also treat it like a Tarkovsky movie <laughs> where only the most cine literate people can even get to the end of it. Otherwise everyone's just like, this Falling is a bit asleep. much. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna <laughs> fall asleep. I'm just gonna turn it off. No, it yeah. wasn't that. No. It was pantomime. It was commedia dell'arte. It yeah. was, it was the, you know, the funny Shakespeare popcorn. ones. It, it was, was the popcorn, popcorn entertainment. Popcorn entertainment, and it needs to be treated that way. Yeah. So if you're going into this thinking, you, if you're thinking, oh, it's important. We've got to study it. We've got to work out the themes. No, put all of that aside. Go into it as though it's a comedy movie, and that you're not gonna get all the references. Yeah. You, you, nobody Definitely is gonna not. get all the references. No. In fact, by definition, nobody can get all the all the references <laughs> because this is the first piece and everything that was in popular culture before this we don't know this yep. is it we can't go before this yeah you know yeah. it can't be like it can't be like star wars before star wars was the other serials and you know the flash gordon serials and that's what it's referencing yeah i can't even remember if this was in the in the in the lost part of this podcast or the previous <laughs> mentioned thing it's like imagine if star wars was the first movie that exists in in, in a thousand years time yeah. and they're like mm, there might have been movies before star wars but maybe but we, this don't is, we don't know we don't know and yeah. you get back to Star Wars and like, oh, Star Wars is important. But again, we'd understand that it yeah. was a fun Because thing. everything before that was oral. Yeah. And so... But it doesn't even matter what the first thing was, or that it couldn't have been transmitted and stuff. Yeah. But we have, we have references to other things at the same time which are missing, but we can't get the references because they just don't exist. Go into the Odyssey thinking it's a, it's a, it's a comedy with lots of pop culture references that I won't get, but I can still enjoy the adventure, I can still enjoy the comedy of errors, can yeah. still enjoy the people swapping identities. It's it's like bottom turning into a donkey, someone yeah. puts a spell on this person and someone ends up having sex with the donkey. Uh, uh, what is it, the queen? Uh, the, yeah, the queen of the fairies they're, ends they're, up falling in love are, with the donkey. They are definitely going to be like second, second removed uh, yeah. Uh, ideas behind yeah. things and yeah. we just get the literal meaning of it but you can't take the literal meaning of it you've got to take the comedy satire meaning exactly. of it even if you don't fully understand the satire yeah. understand that the people listening at the time were receiving it as 
comedy. They yes. were receiving it as satire. They were receiving it as fun, fun participatory adventures. popcorn entertainment. Oh, I remember why we started talking about Robin Hood is because we did this whole thing where I was like, yeah, there's this shooting the arrow through the axes. And oh, we yeah, did the, the Google axes. search about yeah. shooting the arrow through the axes. And, and I explained to you like the image that you will see are these axes with holes in them. And you like, axes don't have holes in them in that point. No. That would be really annoying. Yeah. And there was a movie that I watched the other day and it was sort of, you know, those logos that they come up, the studio logos logos everyone everyone knows like the dreamworks one where yeah. there's and uh, paramount, the, the, there's a paramount ones yeah. but they're all the studios all the different production companies they all have their own logos that yeah. come up and one of them was shooting someone shooting an arrow through these axes yes. and i was like yeah that's the image that i have but if you go into these stories not having the wrong it doesn't make any sense if it's a if it's like there is no such thing as axes with holes in it as you always see. No. It's, it's not how it happens. I mean, an axe does have a hole in it. And that's what I was trying to explain. And again, it's probably good that we deleted it because it just came to us both like Googling image searches on our phones yeah. and stuff. What it is, is that if you dig an axe into something and remove the handle from the axe head, it's that it's the handle of the axe head. And it was that was like the hardest target to hit with an arrow. So the whole idea of that, if you go into it and go, oh, it's an archery contest in the same way that Robin Hood, there's an archery contest yeah. and you shoot an arrow and then someone else shoots an arrow and it's in, 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 in the hardest shot is to shoot the, the arrow, arrow into the, the other arrow. Yeah. arrow. And then as soon as that happens, then all hell breaks loose and the, all stuff happens. Yeah. And in the Robin Hood, um, Prince of Thieves, and in lots of other Robin Hoody kind of things, yeah. in the archery contest is, well, it's not an archery contest, but he has to shoot the 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 uh, the, arrow the gallows on the gallows. He shoots the hangman's yeah. noose, chops yeah. it, it falls down, and then that's the sign. And, and all hell breaks. It loose. gets revealed that they are all amongst. Yeah, and it's sort of like the enemies oh, all of these people are all mm. in disguise, and yeah. then they can go and kill all the bad guys. It's sort yes. of like oh right, it's just the the whole Robin Hood thing is it's a replaying of that. Of course, yeah. it's a, it, the reference is going back in that direction. But if you approach it in that way. It, it makes a lot more sense that it's sort of like, oh, it's what's going on here? It's, oh, it's just an archery cut. And put aside all the ways that you've known about these stories of like, oh, this is an epic journey and it means this and it's meaningful and this is a literary reference and we understand. It's like, no, it's just it's just an adventure story or it's just a fun story about politeness and 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 like, oh, you turn up there or what's and the whole book is about social mores and, oh, and yeah. respecting oh, and people and respecting each other. Disguised and then you yeah. know, actually until you have sex with that person. Well, it's not about having sex. It's like how you treat someone. Like someone turns up. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like Prince and the Pauper. It's just all of these ideas yeah. and you understand it. It's, it's ways of comedy and we don't understand all the customs that are there messing up like when telemachus comes and goes to that place and is how he's being treated and then he's sort of like oh this person over here ah right and at the time people are going oh yeah that says a lot to it like just yeah. dropping in this you know this this mention of this famous person and it all revealed yes. everyone knows what's going on yeah we don't get all of that but understand that is the how it was received at the time yes so uh yes what else did we say don't even remember i don't remember either but I think that's it. It's certainly a shorter podcast now that we lost the last half an hour. Yes, but at least there is 45 minutes of original podcast now. And then some of us trying to remember what we just said half an hour ago before I uh, found this stuff from uh, in Time Machine. Oh, yeah. I feel so stupid. That's one of the first times I, oh, I... This is 420. 420? Yeah, 420 episodes. Yes. And I think that's maybe the second or third time in 12 years that of me happened. losing a recording. And it was 
an epic podcast. It was, it was an, an hour and 20 podcast. minutes of really great stuff. Well, that's pretty, that's pretty typical for us, oh, well. but it's important. Oh, yeah, we were talking about the Reading Envy podcast. Is oh, yeah. doing a read-along of this. Doing, Jenny from yeah. Reading Envy, and she was actually one of the people who said, I'd be interested to see what your take of this is. So yeah. hopefully uh, she can listen to this. Oh, yeah, you asked people for feedback. Yeah, as, as people, and enough people said, yes, I'd be interested to listen to what you have to say about this. And I just said, I, I, I mentioned, I can't re I remember if I mentioned this before. It's... It's almost implausible to me that I got to 39 years old and having studied like so much biblical lit literature and, and also I literally have a few different books, including this one, Dennis R. MacDonald, The Homeric Epics and the Gospel of Mark. Like this is something that I've studied like from a... Like, scholar. Like, like as like a, a scholarship scholarly, point yeah. of view, as yeah. a scholarly point of view. Yeah. And I've even investigated, I've written half a book about this same kind of stuff. Yeah. Like talking about how these same kind of stuff, but nobody's ever said to me, oh, approach it as a comedy. Approach it as, at the time, this was a broad comedy. Yeah. And if you approach it as a broad comedy that you're not going to get all the jokes, but the mindset is comedy, the mindset is satire, the you're mindset is... Get you, I, fun. I really enjoyed this yeah. and I wanted, I, I wish I'd have had an audio performance, like an audiobook performance, which was a bit more storytelling in that way. Yeah. But again, I don't want people to only approach it like that. If you want to approach it, approach it as high literature, yeah. meaningful, yeah. epic, Shakespearean voiced actors doing, and then he went here, like this really epic kind of stuff. Yeah. But it isn't. It's not the last, it's not the final book of Lord of the Rings where everything's epic and meaningful. It's The Hobbit. I mean, maybe not The Hobbit, because yeah. that's a kid's book, but you know what I mean? It's yeah. that... It's the yeah, yeah. it's the it's the fun. It's Men in Tights. It yeah. It's Robin Hood Men in Tights. <laughs> it's the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes. This is what it is. Approach it at that, and you'll in, uh, enjoy it a lot more. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at Luke Burridge. On Instagram, I'm at Luke Burridge. Also, I'm I'm also at Not Juggling Luke. If you don't just want to see my juggling stuff, uh, I think that's probably a bit more approachable. Where it's just what we're doing squirrels. now in squirrels that we can see from our office window and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's not all squirrels, but there are... Mostly squirrels. There's been a few squirrels. Um, also, you can follow Juliana and can see her squirrel pictures as well. And videos. And what we're getting up to with our coronavirus... Um, isolation. Isolation yeah. here in Berlin. Um, oh, and write feedback. Uh, oh, yeah, feedback as well. Yeah. If, you're, if you've never... If you've ne I, I can't, I don't remember if I said it, but like Googling around, I was Googling a lot trying to find people, any, any reference at all that this is, that you should approach the, uh, approach the Odyssey as a comedy and it was impossible to find. Maybe that's what I was ranting about when it got cut off there as well. Searching through, just couldn't find anything. Yeah. And the, and the whole of, of, of the, the Homeric classicism, you know, this, all these different things are yeah. based around it. And it would be, it would be a really pity if everyone discovers that their entire university departments, it's all just based on literally the Rocky Horror Picture Show <laughs> and some Mel Brooks comedy. And you're like, oh man, it's just, it's just broad popular culture comedy show. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's a real pity. But it's old enough. That it gets. It's old enough. No, it's the first thing. It's not old enough. It is as yes. old as it could possibly be. Yes. Because of our if of we, what we have. If we had what it was based on, you'd be like, oh, this is just a parody of this other thing. This yes. is just a, a and, piss and take of this other thing. He probably took took bits from yeah. from other bits that he heard before or something. Yeah. Definitely. Anyway, I think we've caught, I caught everyone up. Please feedback. Follow me on Goodreads.com. Uh, and become my friend on goodreads.com. Send me messages there. Give me feedback. If you've never, ever heard of anyone ever saying that the, the Odyssey is just a comedy, 
get in contact with me because it's new to me, like I say. Yeah. I'm 40 years old this year and I've been really interested in this kind of stuff. And it was only, it was it only was, when I went I, into it. No, I wanted to go into it as a storytelling experience yeah. and as an open mind, yeah, as free, and just have that response as a listener, response as a reader, that free and easy. And it's made so much more sense to me like mm. that way, where I wasn't just being, oh, I'm coming this from a, from a scholarly point of view and I'm going to read this section of this chapter to get this part out of it and what does it mean? Yeah. When you realise, oh, don't go into it with a, with a, with a literary mindset. Okay. Come into it was just sort of like a, a like oh I'm just doing this for enjoyment and yeah. I'd never I'd never entered into this as like oh I'm just doing this for enjoyment before and yeah. this time I did and it worked out for and you. it worked out so much better for me that's nice didn't get all the jokes but Do you really still appreciated want to say the audible bit audibletrial.com forward slash sfbrp and listen to a quite bad performance of a really interesting text and a really good translation of a really interesting text um I, uh, in the future, I really wish, I really hope, they probably won't, but it would be really great to get a different audio performance, audio yeah, book performance a, like of this. like a performance of it, not just a reading. And maybe the way that Juliana gets this is me performing it for her. Oh, that let's would be how, nice. Let's see how it goes. That would be nice. All right. Thing is, I could probably just look on Google and find other people performing it, you know. Yeah. Uh, right, that's it. That's it. Uh, thanks a lot for listening, and I'll catch you next time. Goodbye. And this time, the last bit of recording won't be of me weeping about losing all this recording. Oh, so, oh, so down. You did such a great joke at the end of the last. It wasn't one. even that. No, it wasn't it even was that good. But it was funny. It was funny for you, but I can't, we can't even repeat it because it won't be funny anymore. Because the course. time, your reaction won't be there. Oh. I won't be there. Anyway, what an epic recording session. <laughs> that joke wasn't as good as the first joke. No. <laughs>